All right, y'all, the Cat and Cloud podcast is brought to you by the wonderful folks at Calafia Farms. If you don't know Calafia, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Mm. They make non-dairy milk alternatives, almond milk, coconut milk, and the like. And if you haven't checked it out, they have a bunch of different cold brew options that are RTD. That's ready to drink. You can just wake up at 6 a.m., pop the top, and put them in your face. They're made with Central American coffees and Colombian coffees. They're hot fire. And they are good for you. And if you can't handle that milk, they're your answer. And they're America's answer. Is that right, Chris? Yep. They did it for us. They did it for America. And they're doing it for you. We love those guys. They're just all around good human beings. So check it out. We're going to get back to the show. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. This is Chris Baca and Jared Truby. Charles Jack is driving his Subaru, and we just did a bunch of coffee roasting, and we got a bunch of roasted coffee in the back. We're roasting live from the freeway, right off Buena Vista Drive, and we're gonna throw a Q and A your way, full from on the car, full on. Jared's digging through his internet telephone to dig up some sweet questions. What do you got, JT? Big shout out. All right, here we go. This is an interesting one. From Florida, I was recently roasting a bunch of batches of coffee, and I thought to myself, wait a second, do you pre-dry your beans? Living in humid Florida, I've been finding that pre-drying my coffee beans in the oven has actually helped my roasting process. To give some background, background info, I have a convection oven, so I get to really control the temperature. Mainly I go by looking through the glass door, though. Will this overbake the beans and dole out my roasts and my sweetness and acidity? Part two, roasting profiles. Do you guys match a certain profile with certain characteristics? Are there profiles that accentuate a more robust Colombian or sharp Ethiopian? I imagine there's a sweet spot of bean characteristics in the profile you use. But if willing, would you discuss those with what those are with us? Thanks. Tight. That's an interesting question. On part one of the question, I would say that, A, I have no idea because I've never tried it. But most people would say that um, going into roasting... You want as high a moisture content as you can, uh, you know, storing your coffee in Grain Pro to preserve some of that moisture content in a, you know, temperature controlled room if you can. So it doesn't seem like pre-drying your roast would necessarily be a good idea. We yeah. would never do it. I would never do it. But if you do a back-to-back taste and it tastes better to you, then you can just roll with that. But as a general rule, I would say no. I wonder if it's... M- I wonder what you mean by it's making your roasting easier or getting you better roasts. Um, I'm wondering if it's making it more consistent because everything's starting with basically the same moisture content. Right. If you can dry it out to the same level in the oven every time. Potentially. But Potentially. really, and then I'm wondering what is the difference because a coffee roaster is an oven, basically. Right. You know what I mean? It's a hot place with a flame and air is coming in there. So Air is um, definitely <laughs> coming in there, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering what benefits would would come from just putting in a you know a normal convection type oven before you roast. So, I would say skip the oven. Yeah, I would just work on just utilizing your temperatures to dry. Yeah, to hit your curve correctly, right? I.e. that yeah yeah just taste your coffee. Um, second question. Yeah, different. We use different profiles we, yeah. for for different coffees, but we have. Um, overlapping methodologies depending on what the coffee is going to be used for. So 
let's say we might have a Colombian coffee. Um, I don't know. Give me some origins. I'm spacing out here. Coffee from Honduras. Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Guatemala. If we know that we're going to use it for, let's say, a single origin drinking type coffee, it's going to be used for pour over or just brewed coffee. We're going to approach it in a similar way, at least initially. If we know it's going to be used for, let's say, espresso, like the answer, we're going to approach those coffees in a similar way, too. Um, and once you get a baseline, then you can kind of tweak every little coffee to pull what you want out of it. But we don't really have a formula, per se. It's all revolving around taste. what we taste after we roast it. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I think that's what most roasters will need to do. You can't just say, this is an Ethiopian coffee. We roast it like this and just be done with it. I mean, you can, but... You can get 70% of the way there. Like yeah, that. you'll be missing out on a lot of nuance that is, is... There's a lot of opportunity in each coffee, so... So if we're if we're talking, let's talk like a Ethiopian natural, yeah. just for an example. We know that we're probably going to charge that a lot lower temperature than we're going to do, you know, like a washed Colombian coffee. Yeah, um, like 50, 50 to seventy five degrees lower charge temp than we would on a washed coffee. Yeah, we're going to be a little bit more delicate with the heat throughout because it's going to lose a bunch of moisture and it has a potential to like spike really bad at the end. So we're gonna we're gonna feather it a little bit more. Our airflows are kind of the same. We increase air airflow throughout all of our roasts, no matter what. That doesn't really change, actually. We do that at similar places. But then if we have, you know, if we have two new Ethiopian naturals, we'll approach them the same way at first, but then afterwards it's just taste, tweak, and adjust. Yep. And, you know, maybe you find in one roast you're lacking a little bit of acidity, so you got to make changes to compensate for that. Maybe in the other one... Your pre-scripted formula gives you a roast that's like a little too muted, and you got to make changes to to mess with that. So taste and adjust. Taste and adjust. And just one thing approach. at a time, too. One thing at a time. You might want to adjust like ten things at a time. Don't do that. Taste adjust one thing, and then you can really know what effect you're having by that one adjustment. It's really really tempting to adjust twenty things, but then you don't really know what you did. Lost in the vortex. Lost in the vortex. Pigs in space. Hey, bro. Chris, next question is from another guy named Chris. Hey, Chris. There's a lot of pregame, so I'm not going to read it. And then he rounds it out to this. So I guess my question is, do we have any recommendations on reading material that will help him truly understand extraction and brewing a great cup of coffee? And then, also, any tips on competing would also be appreciated. He lives in Athens, Georgia, which is near Atlanta. And there's always cool coffee things going around. And he's, he'd love to get involved in the coffee community. So, reading material to truly help him understand extraction and brewing a great cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, okay, so understanding extraction is really, really, really easy. I would actually... As a general principle, it is really I, easy. I think so, yeah. And yeah. There are a couple write-ups on Perger's blog slash Barista Hustle that he does a really good job of breaking it down in a really simplistic manner. He's got some stuff on there that's a little bit more techy, but I think there's one that might be called Understanding Extraction. I remember that, yeah. That kind of lists in a nutshell how extraction works and then some taste byproducts you'll get from over and under extracted um, and ideally extracted. And then brewing a great cup of coffee, uh, our friend Chris Baca here has actually done a lot of great videos. I believe they're on, 
on the Verve Coffee website that you could go to and check them out. Yeah, there's a few that are still on the Street Smart series. I've got some newer stuff if you want to go to the, you know, Real Chris Baca YouTube. Oh, yeah. Oh, it turns you out Real you got Chris a Baca. new new. RealChrisBaca.com will take you to a landing page. It's got all my stuff on there. It'll take you to my YouTube channel. Um, but really, it's, it's all about understanding your brew ratio and your time and your grind setting. These things you probably know, and I, I feel like where people miss with brewing coffee and making the best coffee for them is they rely too much on recipes that yep. other people have scripted. And once you understand how extraction works, you can basically have the freedom to create your own recipe. And if you want a coffee that's got like a little bit more depth to it, a little bit more body, you know how to do that. If you want a coffee that's got a little bit more clarity or a little bit livelier, you, you can do that and manipulate certain things. So, you know, if someone tells you that like 18 grams in, 272 grams of water is the only way to make this pour over. They're basically full of it. And just, again, it's a taste. Know what you want and go from there. Know what you want. Know what you want. But, yeah, the, the Perger extraction thing, it's, it's, he did a really good job. I got to give it to him. Yeah, and there's also something to be said. People need to – understanding extraction, like, mentally is, is a lot easier than understanding it in your mouth and, like, deciphering what's actually happening and accurately calling out like oh this is over extracted because it can show up in a few different ways and uh chris and i are calibrated enough now where we can say things like this is over extracted because it tastes a little dry but i'll be drinking the same coffee with somebody else in that in that group and they won't taste dry necessarily they might they might call it acidic when it when it might not be really and that's just an experience thing and tasting and tasting and tasting is is going to really help you. And tasting with other people is going to help you understand it too. Um, so there's that. Uh, there was a question about the Anthony Bourdain article. Did you get to read up on that, Chris, at all? About how he talked it. about hipsters. I read the uh, I read the little quote that he threw out there that, like, you know, he doesn't care about coffee and he doesn't want his coffee served to him by some dude with a mustache and a what do you say? A bit. Well, yeah, it's like a mustache and a beard, beard. and a whole and a man bun, basically. Dude, I'm right there with him. I agree <laughs> with you, Anthony. I don't want my coffee served to me by that person either, dude. The question was, is that he was he was more <laughs> mad that the term hipster was getting thrown out with coffee people, and that um, and that they shouldn't be associated. Uh, but yeah, that's that's. I'm gonna sit around that one out. I mean, it's really people all have their opinions, and coffee is really goofy, dude. I mean. The being classified as hipsters just because we serve third wave coffee is actually a little bit closed minded anyway. And Tonks actually, who is our guest in those previous podcasts. Oh wait, I have the question here. Okay. Are Ta you sorry? Get it, get it. I'm not sure how I stumbled upon the Anthony Bourdain interview, but here's what I found more interesting and what made me think about the use of hipster. Just seeing hipster and coffee used in the same sentence made me click on the link. It reminds me of that communication exercise where a person starts out telling someone something, followed by passing it down the line and so forth and so on until the final person receives the message completely altered from what was initially stated. That game, by the way, is called Telephone. Um, Telephone. I'm not here to defend Anthony Bourdain in any way. I tune into a show, but the journalist who indirectly encouraged the reader to check out the link inserted the word hipsters to say, hey, check this out. Read all about Anthony Bourdain's attitude towards hipster coffee. But okay. then it doesn't talk about hipsters this at all. Anthony Bourdain doesn't even use the word hipster. All right, we're still going. A few years back, I, I would think there was a discussion from legit coffee professional journalists concerned about some journalists essentially stealing her work, abiding a few changes in it, and 
in the text to make her work look more appealing, therefore completely misinforming the masses or something. It's like a classic media ploy. So that's one thing. There's another tangent, too. So that is like, yeah, I mean, that's clickbait. <laughs> and anybody who's ever wrote an article for anything online is going to put some form of clickbait in there. And that's just going to be some kind of buzzword, whether controversial or not. You know, hipster's a buzzword. So you see hipster and coffee, it, you know, you're like clicking on it. So, yeah, they know what they're doing. <laughs> that's just classic marketing status quo i don't necessarily agree with it it's kind of annoying when i click on stuff too and it's misrepresented the article but i think sadly that's just how the world's working they probably got paid for the amount of clicks they got they yeah you want to see like look editor guy i, I got get all 10, this 000. i got all this stuff but yeah no no beard necessary anyway uh here's another tangent i thought you guys would be interested in this is the second part of the same email maybe not but I think there's a validity in this article, and I thought of you guys, as well as the myriad of others thinking about opening their own shop. I love Baca's stance on all the unnecessary time, effort, and money spent on design. We get it. Absolutely, a space should leave a certain feeling with <coughs> while sipping your coffee to some degree. After all, we are in retail, folks. As long as there is whoop, low power mode. Sorry, phone. As long as there is real estate to support... <laughs> Whatever commerce you choose, we will still focus on the experience. That's a no-brainer. Then again, isn't life an experience with or without coffee? Perhaps coffee is the catalyst for life. Whoa, you might be right from that one straight up. Copa Vida. We all want a pleasant experience in life and coffee, right? This article is common sense for anyone who works in food, retail, beverage, hospitality. Experience is thrown around a lot, and I think especially coffee is grappling with how to win folks over. Honestly, I'm searching through this, and I'm wondering if there's a question here. And I'm sorry if you wrote this, and I'm being weird to you. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the first place I thought of was Starbucks Reserve in Seattle. Not because I worked there in management for three years, but that the Starbucks experience, good or bad, is part of their brand focus. Experience should be integrated into every brand. Sure enough, on page four, they are considered leaders in the industry for providing a top-tier experience. I'm not here to poke Starbucks in the eye, but reading this article felt like a punch in the gut in every especially coffee establishment out there striving to provide the best experience possible. Huh, okay. We could write volumes on the subject, but I think it speaks to mainstream consumers' choices and tastes. And as the article points out, capital is front and center. Who has the money to build Willy Wonka factories? Most small business owners don't. One customer at a time, be creative, be genuine, serve quality. Be Thanks for yourself. listening to my rant. Rant. I like sharing interesting stuff, and I'm sure all of us in coffee think of these issues. Well, if we're not, we need to. Your business values and mission are on point. Dude, Chris, thanks. <laughs> You're the bomb. Uh, yeah. <sighs> what is he saying, really? What is he saying? He's saying it's a bummer that... That we got that, portrayed like that? Yeah, I mean, he's saying a bummer that people like Anthony Bourdain are putting... <sighs> putting basically coffee yeah like in the in the back seat and and essentially he doesn't like that maybe is that starbucks is the leader in consumerism yeah right? okay so like on the anthony bourdain thing and like how he's talking crap is that his fault or is that our fault well i think it's our fault and i think everybody talks crap you right? know what i mean it's like imagine you're anthony bourdain I don't know, like, his, you know, I know, he, you know, he wrote the Kitchen Confidential thing. I don't know how he's considered in the world of top-tier chefs, but he's, let's say he he's, got, he's, got a, he's got a rep, right? He's, whether, just, he's got a great TV show. Whether he's fun. got skills or not, he's got a rep. Can you imagine? Like, he knows something about food, how annoying it would be if you went into a coffee shop. 
and you have some like 19 year old kid who's Trying dressed up like a total asshole you just want a cup of coffee and he goes into this 10 minute spiel about like oh, okay da, 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 and he makes it like a whole event and you just weren't ready for it because he couldn't read you as a customer and understanding like okay this guy just wants a cup of coffee and the guy's got all the right intentions right the the barista who's giving you more information that you need and maybe misreading the situation has good intentions, but he's just not getting it. So Bourdain leaves. He's like, dude, what the fuck just happened? I tried to get a coffee and I got like a freaking lecture, uh, like a whole lecture. <laughs> and, you know, I'm on my way to work or whatever. And you're just like, whoa. So, you know, you do that enough times to people and we do that to people as an industry. And I know because it happens to me as a consumer on the other side of the counter it's going to put people off on what you do. Yeah, it's pretty tough. Because it does seem like you're pretentious. It doesn't seem like you're very humble. And it doesn't seem like you actually care about the consumer. It just seems like you want people to listen to you. Listen to me talk. Listen to me talk. Listen to me talk. Well, I mean, So I get it. Yeah, I mean, you've been, you've been to Manresa, which is a two Michelin star restaurant. Now three. Three, that's right. Yeah. And so props to them. But they don't bring you your food and every single item and say, this is where this came from. And here's where the, you know, I caught the salmon yesterday. And, you know, they, they tell you a little bit at, at the very beginning before anything happens, and then you just get your food. You get your food. And, I mean, if you, you – in ask. that situation, you know what you're getting into. I mean, you pay right. you're We're trying half a grand for a dinner with no wine or something like that. It's right. like even if you did get that there, you would kind of maybe expect it because you're going in deep. Like right. A coffee shop, like a lot of people that are going in a coffee shop, they're just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to the coffee shop. Right. They don't think about having this whole thing. Even me, it throws me off. You know, I – Sometimes I get up I and don't I don't want it. Yeah, I stumble down across the street. It's like really early. And I, if you get hit with too much information first, you're like, whoa, dude. Whoa, 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 whoa. Give whoa, me beans. Whoa, bro. Coffee. Then we'll talk. We'll see. If right. I like it a lot, then I'll come ask about it. Then you can tell me about it. Yeah, it's the classic. So I, I get it um, why it's, it's frustrating. And I do want our industry to obviously be propelled forward. And I would like people who are running tv shows that everybody watches and you know well-known chefs to be interested in awesome coffee but right. we have to do a little more legwork first i think yeah and also maybe there's something as simple as just like the idea of respecting your elders which i mean this guy's not like, not old but i mean as you said he might not need us to tell him anything and a lot of people don't and if they're older than us to feel like they need to be educated <laughs> it's probably like it could make you feel annoyed you know, like imagine right. me telling my grandpa, like, Grandpa, this is actually how, how you whittle. And let me tell you about life. Let me tell you about this car I got. And he's like, I think I know enough about life. I'm not here for that. He's like, I changed a carburetor or two, yeah. bro. Um, here, let's do let's do one more little question here oh, for our friend Br Brian Feel. Feel. Yeah. Feel. Come said, on. Feel the noise. It. Love it if you could answer this question. We're a small roaster in Central Valley of California. Oh, where, want, dude? Dude, Lana I, Coffee from the Company. Central Valley of Lana California. Lana Coffee Company. We'll look it up. And we want to have a party at our space and do a brew competition. Okay. We want to make it simple and fun and expose a bit of the specialty coffee culture to the valley, and we want your input. What could a setup for this look like? Bracket system, although we would like to keep it to one and a half hours or so. Any pour-over methods of choice? Any coffees of choice? Would competitors explain their process? How would you guys run something low-key but fun? We want to have a brewery bring out some drinks and celebrate all the coffee, all that coffee is. And then uh, they say, thank you, Lana Coffee Company. They're in the 599 area. Kid. They're in... Uh, um, Where's I'll, 599, Chris? I'll tell you exactly where that is, dude. They're in Fresno. Dude, Fres, yes. They're Fres, yes. 
Go there. I'm straight up from Modesto, so what up with the valley, son? Mm, and I'm from Chico. It's another valley. <laughs> I would say if you're going to have a coffee event or brew off, hmm. do an AeroPress competition and roll like multiple people because you can do those fairly quick. That's a great idea. Right? Yeah. You could do two or three people at a time. I think the idea with event around like that is to give the coffee some shine, but make sure that the event moves quickly. And I know this is going to sound like totally counterintuitive and I'm like a being a total jerk, but move through the coffee portion of the event as quickly as you can. Yeah. Make it about hanging out and being with people. Yep. Make it about friends. Make it about drinking beer. Make it about having a couple laughs because if you go to a coffee event, and the only reason I say this is because you're in the Central Valley and I know the coffee scene's not super strong right there. So you're probably one of very few who's trying to do it right. Yep. Because I come from a town like that. And that's how it goes. So if you can just show people that you're awesome, they'll get interested in the coffee just from seeing it. And you're basically building in a good feeling that's going to make them want to follow up with the industry as a whole and also your business. Yep. So invite some people that don't normally come to the shop. Invite some baristas to go to other shops. And just, yeah, AeroPress. Jared nailed it. I do nail it sometimes, you guys. Nail it. Make a simple score sheet. You can talk about it real quick after yep. everybody tastes. You'll have some judges, but then save a little bit of the coffees that everyone can taste in the audience or crowd or whatever. Yep. And then party. And then party so hard. And then every, you know, <laughs> if you want to dig deep, like each event you have, you can dig a little bit deeper into the hardcore coffee stuff. Yeah. I think because that's kind of You're kind of setting the precedent. You're setting the stage. Then people get a little bites, bites, bites. And then they're like, dude, I want a meal. Maybe have, maybe have everybody do the same coffee as well. Right? Like use the same exact coffee. You could yeah, it depends on what your goal is. Like if your goal is to taste differences in the brewing, yeah, for sure. Use the same exact coffee right. and taste like how different brews are changing the coffee. If you want to teach people that different coffees taste differently, you can have everybody bring their own coffee. Everybody can use different coffees and then people can taste like the rainbow. Oh, I love tasting the rainbow, don't you? You really can't lose as long as you keep it light, keep it chill and move it along. All right, last question, Chris. Are you ready for this? No, yes. Oh, here it comes. Ian Miller, thanks for being awesome and for your generosity and sharing our wisdom. Well, we love you guys, so we love to share. Um, he'd love to hear us speak to the opportunities and challenges for non-coffee-centric businesses that still want to offer in a legitimate top-shelf coffee experience as a oh, way to complete their overall dang. experience. The context is we're in the Midwest, where the idea of going to a non-coffee shop and getting an amazing cup of coffee with exceptional service is basically unheard of. You folks on the coast see this all the time, it feels like. What thoughts do you have? Best wishes in everything. Thanks for being a part of our lives. Jared, do you think so. we're talking coffee or coffee and espresso or just brewed coffee? Mm, that is a good question. That's a good he, question. He left it out. Let's just say, because he said a good cup of coffee. Let's just maybe assume that, I mean, let's just assume he's got like a GS3 or something. Because, you know. Well, he's talking about food places. I think he's just talking about businesses in general so for yeah. for instance like we went to a place in santa barbara uh called the whistle club and oh that this, was cool it was super cool and they're this so girl, awesome this girl was like high-end fashion but she had a really nicely put together coffee bar and she knew how to make coffee she was it was a Stumptown account she was trained by Stumptown, and she was she was coffee nerding out and we we heard about her and we popped in before our actual our first podcast that we ever did and she was nervous and everything, but she busted us out, you know, four espressos right there. Of great quality. Great quality coffee. And it was actually really refreshing because you got 
to have it was like a whole unique experience. I mean, that place was beautiful, but it wasn't a coffee shop, and I kind of loved it. That was one of my favorite coffees that I've had in the past few years, just because the scene was so not a coffee shop. Right. We were just like chilling around this bar. There's awesome boutique stuff, sweet clothes all around for women mostly, I think. Yeah, there was some, right. Yeah, I mean, there might have been some very nice tight pants for dudes. Very nice tight pants, but yeah, it was it was great. Like and Ross's leather. So that's a good. That's a really good call out. And she had proper training, a really basic setup. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about being there is that she's not pressed for time at all. Exactly. You know, she doesn't have to make a bunch of drinks in a row. She's not worried about the line. If you're having a coffee there, you're you're there for a little bit. You're there for just kind of like the social scene. You're there because you want to be there. Yeah. So I mean, my guess, I guess my uh, suggestion would be to make it make it really social. Make sure that you set a space in wherever you are in whatever retail setting or whatever setting office coffee setting like make a small comfortable space where it kind of feels like this is where you go to powwow and have a conversation and have a cup of coffee and then be available to get there and serve people and in this case it doesn't necessarily have to be fast don't overwhelm them with a lot of coffee knowledge unless they ask and just make it about serving a nice drink having a really good conversation and almost like it's almost like pulling up to an actual bar to have your little cocktail, but it's it's a it's a coffee. It becomes almost more of a delicacy in that way. Yeah, it's like your afternoon cocktail on your way home from work. Yeah. You're not in a hurry. You're just decompressing. You're just chilling. And if um, you want it to be busier, then that's a, that's a whole, whole different conversation. Situation. And maybe, Ian, now that you've heard us talk about this, maybe write back in and give us a little more background if you want to hear more. Give some specifics. Because, yeah, it's, it's hard to tell. Although, if you and if you are talking about, let's say, a restaurant... That wants to add coffee service on top of something they do, or I don't know. If you're okay, if you're just talking about brewed coffee, so easy to have the amazing cup of brewed coffee anywhere. And if you go poking around certain specialty coffee providers and someone's making it sound hard, don't buy coffee from them because they're lying. Because they're lying to you. Um, (laughs) All you need is good coffee and a decent brewer. And, and a, a nice decent grinder. grinder, and you're gonna be good to go. Yeah. Shouldn't be super tricky. Learn your ratios and do this thing. Yeah, like simple as just like push go, grind it and push go. Push no G- big deal. Oh, good. Yeah, write us back in. I want to talk more about this. Yep. Don't you think this is cool? Like, oh yeah. That's like a cool little. Because I want to get more coffee at places like that. I do too. Nice. We should open a clothing store, just so we can make coffee inside of it. Should we call it True Baca's Clothing? We should. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bro. All right. All right, y'all. The Cat and Cloud podcast is brought to you by Calafia Farms. If you love creamy, delicious coffee beverages but just can't hang with that milk or that dairy, check them out. They do milk alternatives. Uh, They have a bunch of different cold brew options you can roll. Coffee with almond milk. Coffee with almond milk with chocolate. What else they got, JT? They got a double espresso. They have themselves some special high-end cutting edge top of the market drinks coming out this summer keep your eyes on it spare no expense and get ready to jump on the bandwagon because this stuff is the next next and it's moving fast y'all 